Okay, welcome to today's podcast episode where I have another amazing lady here to interview and it's Makeda Aline and she's a career coach for ambitious, successful, professional women and I'm so excited to having you today here. Welcome! Hello and welcome to the Successful, Sensitive and Intuitive Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Lydia Sophia Wilmsen and I am an intuitive success mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I speak about the challenges sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs face. I offer you new perspectives and solutions as well as experiences of other entrepreneurs. Plus, I speak about my personal experience of being a highly sensitive person who has successfully built and scaled two businesses. All of that with the goal to make you and your business even more successful in your very unique and authentic way. Have fun and enjoy. Hey, Lydia. <laughs> Super excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. And my first question, as always, is... Tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you do, where you come from, like the basic Makeda speech, basically. Let's start with what I do. So as I said, I'm a career coach, but I work specifically with successful, high-achieving, high-performing um, professional women who, despite being in this, you know, super good on paper um, career and jobs, they still feel like super unhappy, super unfulfilled, uninspired, demotivated, drained. They just want so much more. So I work with them specifically to get the courage to leave that job and actually go on to pursue a career that really lights them up on the inside and fills you, fills them with that inspiration and alignment that they so desperately want. Mm. I love that. And how did you end up there? Like how or why did you choose that yourself, that career path, working with those women? He does, people say that you coach, you end up coaching yourself. And in some sense, that's kind of what happened. That was kind of my experience. So um, I'll give you a little bit of my background. So mm -hmm. you can tell from the accent, I'm not from the UK. I am Bajan to the bone. I'm 100% Bajan, so I'm from Barbados. Mm -hmm. And I came over to the UK when I was 21. And after I did my master's, I was working here for um, probably about 15 years, a little bit over 15 years in the training, learning and development and professional development space. And as I rose through the ranks, rose through seniority, I was performing very well, I guess as people would say in terms of career wise. Um, but then it got to a point at my last job where I just realized like, this isn't it. <laughs> like I'm in my thirties. I am so unhappy. I am so miserable. I'm so stressed out. I'm so overwhelmed. And even though I realized that at the time, I just didn't leave. I oh. just stayed because at some point in time, you know, over the years, because I'm a very, um, I'm a high achiever myself. So some point in time over the years that had become my identity. So I was really attached to, you know, my job title. I was really attached to my paycheck, to be honest, and the lifestyle that I could afford. I was mm. really attached to being seen as a go-to expert and, you know, leading a team. So that was massive for me. And I was really kind of getting my self-worth from that. So even though I was in this job where I started to realize that it just wasn't aligned with what I wanted to do anymore, And it got to the point that it was stressing me out so much that my body literally started to break down. I started to have panic attacks, anxiety, stress, overwhelm. And 
yet I stayed. Crazy. I got my own wake up call, which was essentially, let's just call it what it is, a breakdown and burnout. Yeah, let's go Mm -hmm. breakdown and burnout. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got sent home for five weeks on doctor's Mm -hmm. orders with, you know, severe stress, anxiety and depression. And it really highlighted for me how you can know that something isn't right for you. Yeah. Know you want to do something else, but be scared shitless of actually making the move. So what I was lacking at the time was the courage. So kind of like taking that full circle, I recognized that there are so many other women in in the position that I was in. So many other women who are so attached to the identity of, Mm. um, you know, that they're getting through their job. And because they're so senior and because they have that money, it makes it very difficult. And they too are scared shitless. I hope I can say shitless on this. Oh, of course. Yeah. Feel free. (laughs) Scared shitless of actually making a move. So that's what I coach around. It's about Mm. getting that courage. It's about getting that confidence and overcoming those fears so you can actually take next step and make a change to your career. And that is whatever it is, whether you want to start a job, um, start a new business rather, launch a side hustle, um, transition to a better company or completely pivot. It's having the courage to actually do that. Yeah, and I remember that part of your own description or business mm-hmm. description basically is this con- confidence part, like courage, confidence coach. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like what would you say? Like, you know, you lacked that. So how did you find that courage? How did you find that? Or how did you then build the confidence and the courage in yourself and like basically what you help others to do now? Did you have like a specific strategy Did you seek help? Did you, um, yeah, just look back and figure it out? Okay, I just do the opposite of what I did before. Or like, what is it? Give us some insights, please. Um, I remember one lady in particular, she literally cornered me into the kitchen to tell me how brave she thought I was. But at the time, I actually didn't feel brave. The reason that I decided to hand in my notice and I resigned without having anything lined up, and this isn't something that Mm. I necessarily recommend other people to do, but I did it because I recognized that the job was getting more out of me than I was getting out of the job. So in terms of building my confidence and building my courage, that all kind of happened once I handed in my notice and left that job. And I had space to really work on my own development. And I did that a lot through coaching Mm. because it's the recognition that my way, the Makeda way, which I thought was so great, the Makeda way wasn't working. (laughs) The Makeda way led me to burnout. So, you know, it gets to that point where you just have to recognize, you know, what I know got me here. And if I want to do something else and, and do something different, well, I needed to get an external perspective, someone that can help me um, to think about things differently. Mm-hmm. So for me, confidence and courage. So what kind, what I learned, and kind of this is similar to what I work with my clients on, is I really had to break down the beliefs that I had about myself and the mm-hmm. beliefs that I had about what I was capable of who I am and what I deserve, because those were the main things that kept me in that job for so much longer than it was serving me. Mm. So when I talk about beliefs, most people don't actually, aren't rather able to just like kind of um, pinpoint, oh, these are my beliefs, because most beliefs, they live way, 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 way deep 
below the surface and you know they could have been formed or most often rather they're formed from childhood experiences so i didn't even recognize some of the beliefs that i had about myself that mm. were massively holding me back because on the outside i had my shit together <laughs> i was making my money i was you know moved from barbados to england just like yeah i have my life together so then when what i discovered was these beliefs and a big one for me personally was that i'm not good enough that I'm a bad okay. person, that I'm not smart enough, which is crazy, right? So it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So it was understanding the beliefs that I had about myself, myself that were impacting my thoughts, it was impacting how I felt about myself. And it was therefore impacting the actions I was taking and the decisions I was making. And, you know, the actions and decisions that you take, well, that shows up is reflected in your life so the outcomes essentially so when it comes to um the beliefs i always say like you know beliefs inform your thoughts your thoughts inform your feelings your feelings inform your actions and your actions inform your outcomes and then of course your outcome well that's going to inform your belief so it's just one massive self-fulfilling prophecy so that was the first thing that i did figured out the beliefs i had that had been holding me back and then really put in quite intense work to shift them. So come up with new beliefs about myself that were not necessarily, um, you know, like sky high Instagram worthy kind of quotes about, yeah, I kick ass. It's just like, okay, relax. It was actually, yeah. What was important was to come up with, not come up with, but to create more balanced and more healthy beliefs about myself, which were grounded in reality. So, okay, I had a belief that I wasn't smart enough. Where's the evidence to support that? There's no evidence. I have multiple, <laughs> I'm just going to brag on myself. Go, I, have go, multi- go. <laughs> I have multiple scholarships, you know, coming up through uh, my academic time. I have my master's degree, my bachelor's degree. I have so many diplomas. You know, I, was the head of department. There was nothing to substantiate this belief I had that I wasn't smart enough. And then that was the thing that was holding me back from doing what I actually wanted to do. So in terms of building confidence, figuring out the beliefs that you have about yourself that are holding you back, and then really working on shifting them and changing them into, well, firstly, dissolving the ones that aren't serving you, and then shifting them to new empowering balanced beliefs that are going to spur you on to doing what it is that you actually want to do. And when it comes to shifting beliefs, it actually is not easy because some of these things that be running through your mind, that's been there from childhood, that you're not smart enough. Yeah, that came from my primary school and, you know, some bullying Mm. stuff when I was Mm. in primary school and I, I massively internalized it. So I'm talking about 30 years of stuff that's been kind of running through my mind and these stories I've been rehearsing. So... It was about integrating them on a daily basis, integrating them on a daily basis so that when I was triggered or I was in a difficult situation, then that new belief, that became my um, go-to, my default way of thinking. And very slowly it went from kind of a more healthy balance to nobody, sorry, that's not great for audio, but I'm clapping. Nobody is going to stop me. Then it kind of like shifted to that more empowered, I've got this covered kind of thinking. And I'd say the other thing that was super important, because for me, the difference between confidence and courage. So confidence for me is about your belief in your capabilities. So your belief in what you can do. 
and trusting in yourself and trusting that you can actually do it. And for me, courage is about that willingness to actually take action, even in the face of fears. So for me, that's that's the slight difference. So with courage, a massive part of what I did with my coaches, because I've worked with more than one brilliant, brilliant coaches, um, coach, developing that courage for me was about changing well, it's about two things. Well, the mm-hmm. first one was massively increasing my tolerance for discomfort and my tolerance mm. for fear. And this is a big that. one with my clients as well. So if I use myself as an example, 15 years in training and, and development mm-hmm. and, and in L&D, I've become very... Um, accustomed I had I'd created a bit of a comfort zone mm-hmm. and sure I was bold and I was brave and I was courageous at work but when it came to doing new things that's when the fear kind of kicked in okay. so if you want to be courageous you can't just kind of be like yes <laughs> let me say an affirmation every morning and then mm-hmm. no courage doesn't work like that you actually have to take action and yeah. it's about taking action even when you feel scared af and yeah. even when those fears are really bubbling to the surface and the way you would do that for example is to expose yourself to the very things that you are scared of and people might be like oh but i'm not scared of anything trust me you are <laughs> and yes i'm a career coach and you know it might not be career related it might be one of the things you've been scared to do is let's say um start by exercising because maybe you've gained a lot of weight and you know you feel really you know self-conscious about your okay well that's what we're gonna do so it doesn't necessarily have to be within the remit of the career the whole idea of increasing your tolerance for discomfort and increasing your tolerance for fear is that whatever that fear is whatever it is that makes you feel uncomfortable it's about actively going out and doing that and the moment you do and you prove to yourself oh look at that i did not fall apart (laughs) oh look about you know i can live to tell the tale you know the world didn't probably doubt and then you start to you know kind of like brush your shoulders off start feeling more powerful because you've proven to yourself that you can face your fears. And as I say, you come out swinging. So that's kind of what I see as, as the difference between confidence and courage. They definitely go hand in hand, particularly when it comes to your career. Because you need to believe. You need to uh, believe and trust in yourself that you can actually have the career that you want. And then you have to have the courage to follow through, to consistently take action, to not wait until you have it all figured out and feel safe, but to take that action despite feeling scared the fear yeah yeah um that's amazing thank you for sharing and i wanted to go a little bit further Mm. back to that point like i have three well two or three things i wanted to like go a little bit deeper into um the first thing was that you mentioned i think that was a powerful shift already or a powerful like different perspective of when you have your negative um, beliefs you know and you create you you uh, explain the whole cycle how it goes so you have your negative beliefs and then you think oh now i have to go full swing into the into the other direction so i think that was already like a huge hint for mm. for the audience to say no you don't you don't have to directly turn it into the opposite like find something which has to do with reality still and mm-hmm. go like in tiniest steps because like 
be it's actually being compassionate with yourself like if you think i'm stupid even though there is no evidence you know i'm not smart enough and that's so funny because i think a lot of freakingly smart people have that <laughs> it's so strange um so if that is yours then don't go into like i'm hyper smart or something like find something in between like make it easy on yourself because it's already difficult to change yeah. beliefs it's already something like what the heck are we doing here so um yeah. i thought so i was that just going to say that when, when when you try to jump that far your brain essentially just says no yeah. <laughs> i am not buying it which is why you know for that very reason it's taking it step by step and coming up with a more realistic healthy and balanced belief yeah Yeah. And then the evidence part as well, you know, like we tell ourselves those stories and then to see like actually it's like a tiny part in me, like a small child part who thinks that and it doesn't have to do with our reality now. So I I love that example from yourself like probably that this thought came from from whatever um primary school and now finding the evidence of of that new belief you want to integrate. So I wanted to ask you perhaps a question because you asked uh, you work with especially those people who are like highly professional you have like high driven careers what do you see as some of the main main limiting beliefs is it the not enough not smart enoughness what what is the main stuff you find with them with your clients i would say because the women i work with are so successful the fear often comes up in terms of a belief that you can't be as successful doing something you love and that's that same that's the that kind of goes back to what i said in terms of your ident the identity so it's just that you've become so attached to that and then it's just like well can i be as successful doing something that i actually love so that's a super common one why um, do you think that is Like it could be, do they fear they can't repli mm. replicate success or is it because they think, oh, that's something I love. And then it comes to worthiness, like, but I'm not worthy to actually be deserving of something when I love mm. doing that or what I think is it? There is some element of worthiness in it, but because um, the women that I work with want to make a change to their career. So when I say change their career, I mean, um, let's say they're in a full-time role and they want to start their own business or start a side hustle, for example. Or let's say they have 15 years experience within marketing and now they want to make a switch to, I don't know, um, app design or website design or something like that. So it's because they're, what tends to come up is because their success has been within a certain area, then it's, well, I'm only capable within this remit. And for that very reason, that's why one of the big things that often gets the biggest impact is almost taking them out of that box. So I say like hoisting them or yanking them out of that box where essentially they're kind of like blinkered of this is all that I'm good at. You know, I can only succeed when I do this or because of my experience, I can only apply my skills in this way. So it's almost like yanking them out of that blinkered box and getting them to almost like look down on themselves and see, oh, wait a minute. I can use my skills in this way or wait a minute, I feel uncertain about starting a new business, but look at all these other times when I faced uncertainty and I was fine. 
or look at all these other times when I didn't have a guarantee of success and I didn't fall apart. So it's about really getting them to see what it is that they're capable of. Because I think, well, the question was, you know, what do I think, what do I think causes that fear? And I think it's that um, familiarity and comfort and safety that very often you're in, particularly if you've risen through the ranks within a particular sector. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. I love that. It's like a little bit from the NLP concept of like chunking up. They are so focused in like inside there and then to get them out and look from above and find the the common, yeah, the common characteristics, which are not like all their skills, which are not only like in this tiny little work environment, but they are like part of their personality almost. I yes, love that. Yeah. I love that you said part of their personality because that exactly is what it is. It's like it's already in you. It's already in you. It's just believing in that and feeling that power and then leveraging that to do um, what it is that they actually want to do. Yeah, no, I love that. And the other thing then that you brought up was this um, differentiation between confidence and courage. And I love that, like confidence, you know, believing in yourself and making all those belief changes or what we just talked about, you know, like you have this in you and like now you see it. And then courage as of like taking action. And I love that you gave the example of like, It's, that does not even have to do with your job. You can take action in a totally different way. And I guess there it it's the same with you don't even have to take like freaking big steps. It might be like a tiny move to just get acquainted with taking courage. So I guess, or? Yeah, no, 100%. That's like if you are um, scared to go outside scared to leave the house not necessarily agoraphobia but I know like some people actually something that I struggled with in the past find it difficult to kind of go outside and go for walks and you know kind of see their home as their kind of safe space <laughs> then you know if that's your fear you're not going to go from that to I don't know let's go to Notting Hill Carnival it's just like relax <laughs> it's relax let's do a world tour okay. a world trip <laughs> trip that. around the world <laughs> it's like okay well maybe today I put the bins out okay I survived that. Tomorrow I walk to the end of the street. You know, the day after that, maybe I go around the block. It's about, and every time you do it, you prove to yourself that you can. And not only that you can, but then you start to trust yourself. You know, well, I did that yesterday. I didn't fall apart. Okay, let me try something else. So it's that building that trust and really starting to feel that power that you have it handled. So it's not going from, you know, from A to Z in, you know, a week's time, for example. <clears throat> yeah, I love that. And it's really like building a muscle, right? Like a courage exactly. muscle, like exactly. one step at a time mm. and shifting at the things that are already working. And I think, or I guess that the people you work with and you are yourself, like they come from a very perfectionist background. So doing the things you do or your clients do like in a perfect way. And then even then, I think it, it's beautiful to start looking at things, at tiny things that you do good. Because I think a perfectionist can never find, can never like never see, wow, I have done this in a really great way. Like you always find that stuff which is not perfect yet. So I think what you just described, it's actually not only for people who want to shift careers, it's for all kind of people who are high achieving and over deliver constantly and still think it's not enough or it's not perfect enough. Or? Mm, agree. It's like give yourself permission to just be good. You don't yeah. have to be perfect. Or just yeah. give yourself permission to try. 
Yeah. And yeah, and that, that's pretty much, you know, you don't have to go to the extreme all the time. I always say progress over perfection. So it's about choosing that as opposed to putting those really high, really unrelenting, almost kind of like burden some um, kind of demands or expectations on yourself, which can actually be totally counterproductive and then fall, cause you to just shut down and not take any action. Yeah, I guess that's the that's what happens. Like people who think, oh, I'm doing everything perfect. I give my best. And what can like be really a uh, worst case scenario is that in the end, you don't do anything anymore. Like you never get that stuff done and you never shift your career, for example. Mm. You stay in this freaking job forever because, yeah, you look at this perfect thing instead of, what did you say, progress um, over perfection. So mm -hmm. I love mm. that. Mm. Um, so was this also your path then? Like all the things we talked about, these were also things you started to implement, for example, to look for progress over perfection? Very much so. <laughs> As you know, I'm a massive high achiever myself. I, I used to say I'm a recovered perfectionist, but I'm just like, let's not friend. I'm like a recovering perfectionist <laughs> because there's always some things that kind of flare up <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, no, that was very much, very much my experience as well. So um, increasing my tolerance for discomfort, changing my belief system. And One of the things actually that I want to mention, because it almost comes before that, is the very first thing that I did. And it's the very first thing that I do with my clients as well. And that is creating a vision for my life. It's mm. like, what is, and not a goal, a vision. A vision. It's like, okay, the situation I was in is that, okay, I've resigned. What, what are we doing, Makeda? Like, what, what's the plan? Not what's the goal, not what we're doing in six months, but what's the vision for my life? This isn't what you want to do anymore. So what type of life am I trying to create? If I was 100 years old and I was at my 100th birthday party, which would be amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, bring on the champagne. And I was looking back on my life or I was giving a speech. What would be the one thing that I would be so gutted if I didn't do? So figuring out the vision, what is it I want to, to achieve and what does success and fulfillment look like me going forward? What do I want more of in my life? What do I want less of in my life? What are the values, what are the personal values that I really not even want to live by, but I have to live by? So it's creating that super long-term vision. And I say the difference between a, a goal and a, and a vision is a vision is like a lighthouse. So it's like this beam in the distance that you're going towards. And then your values, that's your compass. So that's the direction that's, that you're going to take to get there because there's no use to get into that lighthouse if you get there in a totally misaligned way that leaves you feeling like shit. And then your goals are the steps you take to get there. So a, vision, a lot of people, myself included, I had goals. I had career goals. I had weight goals. I had health goals. I had money goals. But I didn't have a long-term vision for my life. And I think if most people are being honest, most people don't have a long-term vision for their life because it's so hard on top of, you know, you're trying to exercise, eat fruit and veg, look after your edges, like look after a house. And it's just like creating that long-term vision. Most people don't have that. But when I was able to create it and... <laughs> Let me just pause for a second to say, I didn't create any old vision. My vision is a big, bold, 
badass, ridiculous, like, I just went for it. And that's also what I encourage my clients to do. I call it, it's a framework I use called bold vision. And it's um, brave, obnoxious, linked to your values and drives you to action. So that's what bold stands for. (laughs) So it's about creating that vision. And then it's like, okay, this is the type of life I want to live. This is what's important to me. How does my career then align with this type of life? And that was super important. And a part of the vision as well, or linked to the vision is why I call my big why. Okay, why do I want to live this type of life? Is this, like, why is it important to me is essentially what the big why is. Why is this so important to me? What would having this vision and living this vision allow me to do? And once I figured that out, then that's when the clarity about my career really started to come through, particularly with my values. Um, my one of my big values is authenticity and that kept coming up time and time again and it was just like I, I gotta work for myself <laughs> like I want to do my own thing I don't want to be I don't want to be boxed in you know when I was talk thinking about my speech at my 100 year old totally turned up um, party I was like I want to be talking about or looking at the legacy that I created you know, for my family, like generational wealth. And that again led me to, you know, starting my own business. So it's about having that big vision and then figuring out how your career aligns with it. And it can be a little bit scary sometimes when you realize, oh goodness, the path that I'm on is not going to lead me to the vision that I have for my life. But for most of my clients, it is super inspiring because what you're doing then is open your mind up to all of these freaking amazing possibilities of what your life can look like instead of thinking about, you know, worst case scenarios, just like I could be living this life that is, you know, allows me to have time with my partner and my children and to travel and the freedom to, you know, work from home. I know for some of my clients, that's a big one. So that influences their career. Um, so it's about figuring that out, figuring out your big why, why it's important to you, and then aligning your career with that. I, I have no that. idea if I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I also forgot my question, so it's all good. <laughs> and usually I ask like, oh, what are your best tips and what are you, you know, like most juicy, but you you already bring them without me having to ask. So all good. Look at that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love that um, because I really think not many people do that, um, like vision, aligning your, your career with your vision. Like I think huge parts of population, they just work for money and totally forgetting. There was a study once, you know, where they said uh, they asked like people on their deathbed what they were regretting. Mm-hmm. And all the people were regretting basically not going for what they wanted, not asking whatever they were like the one girl they liked not going Mm. for their career not risking things so no one ever said like "Mm, should i shouldn't have done like the risky thing never ever yeah yeah. so why don't we listen to those people who tell it to us you know oh (laughs) so i love that aligning like vision with with career yeah and going for what you really want because you will only regret later on that you haven't that you didn't do it because you talked about what the thoughts that kind of you know the limiting beliefs that my clients have And a big one is kind of like, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, but what if it does? (laughs) You know, what if I crash and burn? But what if you fly? Yeah. You know, it's almost that, um, not almost, but it is that safety mechanism that's inside of us 
where we think I need to obsess over worst case scenarios because if I proactively plan that or focus on those, then I can stop them from happening. But we all know like that's not really how life works. So that same energy that you're pouring into obsessing about all the things that could go wrong, you could be pouring that exact same energy into obsessing over the beautifully delicious possibilities of what could go so freaking amazingly well. And, you know, thinking about how that would impact each and every area of your life. So that's kind of the shift and also the how you can make it work. So instead of like how to avoid worst case scenarios, how can you make what you actually want to happen actually happen? That's a much more productive use of your time. And so you feeling much. much more inspired as opposed to overwhelmed and yeah. let's say shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Feeling like shit. Piece of shit. Yeah. I love that. And um I know you're also rather an introverted soul and you do incorporate your intuition nowadays much more. Um, you know that the podcast is geared towards like the more introverted, sensitive kind of folks and um, people who want to shift more into like connecting with their intuition. Um, how was your shift from being like an overworking perfectionist, basically a high achiever into listening and coming from like the scientific world you know from this western world of like mm -hmm. career go direction goal achieve towards like intuition which is much more silent much more trust-based it's not that it tells you something and then you have like 10 different studies which tell you mm. this is going to work it's like it's a totally different paradigm like mm -hmm. how how did you do that or how do you do that Big question. I'll be, <laughs> as we say, like 400. I'll keep it 100, totally honest. Um, I would say that only truly clicked for me last year in 2020 because, yes, I had the courage to start my own business when I left my last job, but the same high-achieving, pushing perfectionist tendencies I just apply that to my business because one of the beliefs that I hadn't <laughs> noticed was holding me back was that I had to do I had to do so much in order to see success and you know your podcast is aimed specifically at you know highly sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs and a lot of entrepreneurs will know from experience that when you start out there is so much information, um, like just within the coaching industry where I, I exist, <laughs> for example, you know, should you do webinars? Should you do one-to-one? -one? Should you do a group program? You need to do paid ads. You need to do organic marketing. Your LinkedIn post should look like that. And it just became overwhelming. And I was, you know, following this technique and then following that technique and going back and forth and kind of working myself into a total frenzy, to be honest, constantly pushing and constantly doing and then getting really frustrated with myself when I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. So my experience of leaning into my intuition, it really started from it being highlighted to me by my coach that I was addicted to doing I was addicted 
to pushing, pushing, doing, performing more, doing that had actually become my comfort zone. So we talk about um, increasing your tolerance for discomfort. So what she challenged me to do was to relax, <laughs> relax. Okay, this is you think you're really busy. Take a week off. Um, instead of pushing, why not? You know, make yourself a nice breakfast. Go for a walk. And to say that I resisted it <laughs> would be an understatement because in my head, I, I just kind of wanted to shout at her like, no, I can't get anything done unless I keep pushing. So what she really helped me to do was to realize that I could and that that was just a limiting belief that I had. So in terms of switching, because we talked about switching from limiting beliefs, it became, I went from, I have to push and I have to keep going in order to see success or I have to hustle, talk about hustle mentality, to my in-between step was, I am willing to believe that I can see success from a place of ease. Now, I had to throw in you willing to believe because I did not believe it. I was just like, okay, sure. But it was willing to believe initially. And then actively doing things that made me uncomfortable, which was maybe only working two hours a day or not working on a Friday or turning off the notifications from LinkedIn on my phone so I don't get constant reminders. I'm pushing myself outside of my comfort zone to just relax and trust that I can still seek success. So that started my process of leaning into intuition. And that week when I actually did that, I got sales through. I was just like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe there's, maybe there's something to this ease because, you know, I wasn't posting like two, three times a day on LinkedIn and I still got sales that week. Um, so that was my almost introduction to ease and not pushing. And I think when I had that as evidence, then I started to explore my intuition more and this might sound really silly but as someone that likes to plan I would go for walks some mornings and I would like plan my route out so I then literally would start going for walks and then just kind of like where does my body <laughs> I'm laughing at myself I'm like this song's a little bit <laughs> but it's just like where does my body want to go and just like oh that street looks nice just let's go down there oh that oh what's happening and just make that right turn. And it might sound really silly, but that for me was really like, instead of planning everything, just trust myself. Because I had lost touch with my intuition. I, I wasn't hearing it as clearly as I guess I used to hear it before. I, I, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention to it. So it was actually kind of learning to tap back into it. And then I love that feeling of not planning as much and just trusting in myself and trusting in what I'm being called to do. So I started to lean into that more. And for me now, what that looks like is actively asking for intuitive guidance when it comes to writing my content, when it comes to what I'm offering my clients, when it comes to what I'm doing each day is actually asking for guidance and trusting that. That's the courage piece, because remember courage is actually following through. It's like, okay, hear what you're saying. Well, let me still knock out six hours of work. It's like, no, it's just like today is a Netflix binge watch Bridgerton kind of drink Prosecco day. So that's what we're doing. 
So it was about learning to tap into it and then having the courage to actually trust it and take action. Because if then you're tapping into it and you're doing F all, then actually you actually start to feel a bit icky and disappointed in yourself. So it was a combination of those things. I love that. Yeah, I love that you bring the whole confidence, courage thing into that as well. Like you can actually mm. apply it to anything. You know, the one thing is to get the confidence of like, okay, I give it, I give it a try. Like I, you know, I start believing mm. in myself. I trust my intuition. And the courage thing is to actually do it. Then, like otherwise, it's you only do like only mm. you only go half the way. So of course, you don't end up where you mm. want to end up because you stop in the middle. So yeah, taking the courage to then following through on whatever your freaky intuition mm. brings up in that moment. And yeah, that's the challenge. It's about trusting yourself because, you, you know, like when you tap into it, it's, it, it kind of goes back to what I said in terms of it's already in you. You already have that inner knowledge. And so often you can be, can be kind yeah. of like tuned to thinking, oh, well, this expert knows better. Or, you know, this other person, look how well they're doing. That's what I should be doing. I should be following that framework. But it's like, screw that. Just because it's working for Jack doesn't mean it's going to work for Jill. <laughs> Sorry, I just made that out crack me up. <laughs> doesn't mean it's going to work for Jill. Um, so it's just like, what do you want to do? Because if I was to take a super kind of far left, um, a worst case scenario approach, it would be if something doesn't work out, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to be fail doing what I want to do. Do you know what I mean? I know it's a, a kind of slightly twist on it, but it's just like, what do you want to do? What is it that gets you excited? How do you want to turn up? What is it that you feel passionate about? And when it comes to being an, an entrepreneur, it's learning to trust that. I feel like if that's like a massive thing, if not, you can feel so overwhelmed by all of the advice that comes at you from every, every direction. So that's a massive one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's beautiful. And also what I said, what I also wanted to point out, I think was a good, like everything is good. And I wanted to point out that, um, that you said, what did I want to say? Um, you went from, yeah, trusting intuition and yeah, probably it was already there. And then leaning into that again, letting go of planning a little bit. And I think what most of people forget, especially from like driven entrepreneurs or driven career people, high leadership roles, whatever. And when you then like approach them with this idea of like, hmm, lean a little bit more into your intuition or what would happen, um, they think if they let go of planning, everything is going to crash and they totally forget that they come from the mm. far extreme end. So also when they lean into intuition, they are still not like those people <laughs> who live like an in just a mm. pure intuitive pace. They are still planning half or like 90% of their life. So actually this fear of, it's the same with very heart-centered people who then think like, oh, if I charge money, I'm going to become money greedy. Like you will never end up there because you are so far. on this far end. And what you're doing now is a little bit leaning more into the middle, but you haven't even crossed to the other side. So you will never get there. That's a good point. So I like yeah. that, that you said of um, to just, yeah, lean into that because you will still be not even in not the, even. close to the middle of that. Yeah. So just give it a go and you can, you will still do lots of planning and you will still be like very, you know, direct, like in a mm. specific direction. And the only so. way you can, <laughs> you can prove for yourself, um, you know, whether it's going to work or how it's going to turn out is by trying it. So <laughs> hence, you know, that what I was saying, like, I'm willing to believe that I can see success from a place of ease. Okay, yes. well, let me try just relaxing for two weeks 
and see what happens. Oh shit, <laughs> things are happening. I'm still, I, I got sales. So um, it's, you actually have to to practice it and, and see as opposed to making an assumptions or fortune telling, as I call it, about how things are gonna work out if you change how you operate. Yeah. Yeah, I totally love that because, you know, like for many people that really helps if it's so difficult to do the uncomfortable thing and to just say, okay, mm -hmm. let's do it for one week. If you hate it, if it's horrible, you're totally, you have my permission and the <laughs> angel's permission and God's permission and mm -hmm. whoever to go back. Just give mm -hmm. it a go for a week or two weeks. And usually the people then figure out like, hmm, <laughs> somehow that's quite good. Like, yeah. let's keep going, you know? So I always tell them, also when I work with okay. them on target energy or something, you know, then like, oh, this doesn't work. And now I, I'm not caught, like, I'm not satisfied. I don't find anything. No, I don't want to do that. And then like, let's just try this for two weeks. And after two weeks, it's like <laughs> my whole life. I'm so satisfied with whatever. I think that, yeah, yeah, I knew. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, I love that. Mm. Okay. What else did I want to ask you? Um, perhaps just, um, I guess, from your vast knowledge, just some more one, two, three juicy tips when it comes to um, confidence, self-belief, courage, either something to do or a perspective shift. Just give us your, your best. <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind, look at me trusting my intuition. The first thing that came to my mind was around fear because that's a big thing that holds people back that keeps them in the job that keeps them stuck that keeps them settling that keeps them you know not living up to their potential is fear and i think the tricky thing with fear is that a lot of people don't recognize that it's there so a lot of people aren't say won't necessarily say do you know what? I'm scared I'm going to fail. Some people do, but for a lot of people, what actually happens is they make excuses or they procrastinate or they break commitments to themselves to do the work on their career or they, you know, start deprioritizing their needs and put everyone and everything, you know, above themselves. And that is coming from a place of fear, but they don't necessarily recognize it as fear. So I see everything from, you know, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of uncertainty, um, just low fear of the unknown, for example, fear of change that holds people back. And I'd say if I was to give a tip, it would be to try to identify what it is that you're actually scared of. Because if you know what it is that you want to do next and you know why you want to do it, yet you're procrastinating and not following through, figure out why that is. And if you can't figure it out, get a coach, <laughs> get a coach, someone to help you figure it out. Because when you replay in your head so often, you are coming up with just the surface level stuff like I don't have enough time or I'm super busy this quarter or I need to hit this deadline. But, you know, when that goes on for one month, two months, three months, six months, a year, there's something else at play. So figure out what the fear is and name it. Name it because you can't tackle something unless you actually name it, unless you acknowledge that it's there. 
And I'd say with fear, um, fear is always there to teach you something. It's always there to show you something that you need to work on. Fear of failure. Okay, well, what do you think it means about you if you fail? You know, what do you think that's reflecting? Fear of success. Okay, why are you putting a limit on how much, you know, success, joy, happiness you think you can achieve? So there's it's always an indicator of something else that you need to work on. So rather than, I see kind of like a two, two main responses to fear. One is um, kind of almost like paralyzed with fear and like take zero action, almost like head in the sand mm-hmm. kind of situation. Yeah, freeze, exactly. Like freeze. And the other yeah. one, <laughs> the other one is, which I, every time I hear it, I kind of like roll my eyes dramatically, which is like, fuck fear. And I'm just like, okay, relax. And none, none of those techniques work because one, if you're freezing, you're not taking action. Hello to staying stuck, not addressing the issue. And then the problem with the whole like fuck fear mentality is that it's not realistic. It, it, I, you might be kind of like really revved up for maybe one week and you, okay, let me get a CV expert in to update my CV or update my LinkedIn profile or maybe I'm working on my new business logo. But those fears are, are going to come up because you haven't addressed them. So it's unrealistic to yeah. be like, you know, pretend the fear isn't there, but it's also unrealistic. Exactly. It's also unrealistic to try to, Again, I'm like, I'm like, Instagram quote, fuck fear. I'm just like, okay, no. So acknowledge your fear is there, name it, and then figure out what it is that you, that is there to teach you. And then as we talked about courage, which is the whole idea of increasing your, your tolerance for it. So practice taking action despite the fears. So practice taking action in the face of fears, because that's how you prove to yourself like time and time again, that you can trust yourself that you can trust yourself to take action and not fall apart. You can trust yourself to fail, possibly. And, you know, the world isn't going to come crumbling down. Beyonce will still be singing, you know, (laughs) your ex-boyfriend will still be your ex. You know, like nothing, the world isn't going to change and stop spinning spinning on its axis. So it's about practicing taking action despite the fear. So when it comes to, as I said, when I began, People told me, oh, you're so brave. Like when I when I left my job and I had a recent client on our first call, she literally said, like, I just want to be brave, Makeda. I just want to be brave. Um, but the difference between women who are super successful, high earning, but unhappy. So the women that actually leave their job, the women that leave their job to start a business, switch to a better company, whatever they leave to do, and the women who choose to stay, the difference between those two groups of people isn't the absence of fear. You know, as I said, I was scared shitless. And everything in me was telling me, you better find yourself another corporate job because you've got bills to pay, sis. The difference isn't the absence of fear. The difference is the willingness and the courage to take action despite the fear. So if you're in a position now, you talk about advice, if you're in a position now where you are just like, I cannot believe I am starting 2021 in the exact same job. I am coming home from work. I am drained of all energy. My partner, my children are getting, you know, maybe 50% of me. I am literally 
praying for the weekend to come. If you find yourself in that position, then totally lost my train of thought. And I was on such a roll. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you going with that? It was about they they are the same groups like acting oh, despite yes, the fear yeah. and <laughs> if you come up if you find yourself praying for the weekend to come the solution isn't to wait until you feel a hundred percent certain the solution isn't to wait until everything is just right it's the right timing the solution isn't to you know, wait until there are no unknowns. That isn't the solution because fear is always going to exist. The solution is to learn and to understand how you can disempower your fear so that you can start taking action regardless. So you can show up scared and still follow through because courage, confidence, that's a gift you receive after you've done the scary thing. So that's the difference between the women who are leaving their, you know, well-paid senior jobs and going after the career they want and those that are deciding to settle. Yeah, I love that, Makeda. And I, I just wrote down the first thing, like this total honesty with yourself, you know, like to be honest, there is a fear, you know, to address the things. And I think this is already, yeah. This is already, could already be a first step to deal with fear, to see I'm at least addressing my fear. So yes, there is a lot of fear and there is already courage mm-hmm. and just looking at the fear, like mm. when we when we look for the good things. And then, yeah, this whole mentality of fuck fear, um, like mm. the hustlers, like fuck fear, just go. And yeah, you can do that for some time, but it will kick you in the ass. It will come back. It will get bigger and It might come through a totally different like area, you know, needle thing. It won't necessarily come from then where you are <laughs> fucking fear. <laughs> It comes from somewhere else then. So that's, yeah, I love that you mentioned that and that there is a healthy way to approach that and make fear not into your enemy, but into your friend, because fear is just something to teach you. And you like, until you are not willing to learn the teaching, it again. will come back. Mm, seemingly one, as your enemy. Zero. <laughs> yeah (laughs) so I love that and to help people understand yeah you have to start like again not the perfectionist thing like wait until you're ready and you have figured your life out when you're 100 and then take to action no it is like yeah you go now Mm -hmm. and figure it out on the way I think you're a perfect example of that like what you share you know like leaving your home country then leaving your job all of that so yeah I love all of that. Um, I would say we have basically, like, we could <laughs> keep on talking. <laughs> um, however, we have basically approached um, yeah, the one-hour mark where I want to keep it. Um, I loved talking to you. There is so much in here. Like, it's massive. So much value for the audience. Um, any last any last thoughts you want to leave us with? Or do you say, like, No, I gave us, I gave, I gave you, you all everything, <laughs> but don't forget who you are. I, I work specifically with women, um, but I'm just like women, like don't settle. Like you deserve so, so, so much. And everything you want as cheesy as you sound, as it sounds is on the other side of fear. So we're not settling in 2021, not a chance. And we're not believing that we can't be successful doing a job and career we want. I rebuke that shit. I'm just like, you can a hundred percent be successful doing something that you love. 
So that's what I would leave with your beautiful, amazing audience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Makeda. It was such such a joy. It was it. very much fun. <laughs> I knew that from the beginning. <laughs> oh, and until the next time, I would say. Bye, guys. Did you like this podcast episode? Then I would be super, super grateful if you gave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Super helpful. And please subscribe to the podcast and share it with people who you know can benefit from it. You can find all links to my social media profiles, my website and contact form in the show notes. And whenever you're ready to take a next step, and that means you want to live a life of more on all levels, then send me a message with where you want to go and what is keeping you where you are, like what keeps you stuck at the moment. And then I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you for listening and until the next episode, much love to you, Lydia. Lydia.